Sorry, Drew. Uh, morning, everyone. Good to see you. Good to be back in uh, some element of normality. Some of us a bit wiser, some a bit older. Hey, Mary, turned 18 this week. She's now officially an adult. So that'd be interesting, won't it? Um, but it's lovely to be here and good to see... Uh, oh, thanks, Daniel. Um, I thought he was going to wash my feet, but all right. <laughs> Before I sort of share what I want to say, I just want to build the context to what I want to say. Um, what is the greatest thing that anyone has ever done for you? I'm going to walk in front of the projector, aren't I? Um, what is the greatest thing that anyone has ever done for you? Mother's giving you... All right, okay, you can't beat that, Yeah. Make a cup of tea. I think you could go for a bit higher there. Has anyone had the call, can you take me to Heathrow, my flight's at 4am? Yeah, has any, you know, or yes, yes, Guy. And Guy was there in a shop, probably, Guy. But there's all these kind of things where you get the call and uh, it's the groan inside you, but it's like, well, I really must because I guess it is my own child and he's picking up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Thank you. Uh, that's what my wife gets, the call to pick up our children from various places. Where shall I put that? Um, but this is just, in, just to remind us, it's one of what we've been singing about, that Jesus came from the heavens down into the dirt to pull me out of the muck, clean me up and set my feet on a rock. That is the gospel, that's the good news. And it doesn't matter what kind of background you come from, you were still in the muck. I came from a very good background, got lovely parents, they're still around, they're wonderful, they taught me so much, but my life was in the muck. And Jesus loved me so much that he came down, he died on the cross, he took my sin away, he washed me clean, and he set me in a new life, a whole new creation. And that is the gospel, isn't it? And, and every time we come, we're singing these songs, as we were singing that one earlier, Jana repeated, it's the gospel, it's the good news because it is completely, and it should, transform our lives. Amen? Amen? That should be the case. Every time we hear it, we should be reminded of the love of Jesus. Someone said to me yesterday, you know, there's many ways to simplify the gospel, and one of the most simple ways is that Jesus loves you. And he loves me, and he loved me so much that it didn't matter what I had done or who I'd been like, he came down from heaven and he saved me. And yeah, okay, you could say, well, he saved the whole world, but Jesus and God himself has this really interesting character is that he deals with us personally. And he knows me. And he wants to spend time with me. And this is where I'm going this morning. This is the radical thing about our faith that it's not just believing in an entity or a way of life or a philosophy or an ideology or whatever ology there is left. It is a personal relationship with a living God who actually wants to spend time with me. And there may be people in your life, in our life, who at this present time do not want to spend time with you. And I've got teenage kids and they love me. I know they love me. But sometimes you've got to take your moments to spend time with them because they're busy now and all this kind of thing. And you're not as cool and you're not as amazing as you was when they were little. Much like Sammy thinks of Daniel as this amazing like dad. But maybe Joshua's thinking, well, yeah, he's just not cool anymore. Because uh, he does things like this. Because um, Is that cool? Um, I, I'm, I'm putting that on, by the way. But Jesus wants to know us. And this passage that I really feel that 
God wants to speak to us as a church, and this is relevant for anyone, even if you're just stopping by this morning, and may God bless you and encourage you, and of course you're welcome any time, but something I think God really wants to do in the church here as we start this new season, it's September, isn't it? We're back again. Um, it's a new, in my mind, like season's the new church year, um, and then it starts again in January, um, and all this kind of thing. It's that kind of weird thing, isn't it? But there's this kind of encouragement that, uh, and what God is wanting to do with us in the church here, um, because he loves us, doesn't he? He loves the church here, he loves us as individuals again, he loves us as a people. Um, and the passage I just want to pick out is in Acts chapter 6, um, and I just want to, f- there's a lot here, I, I, maybe there's a few more bits in my notes that um, we could look at, but I want to just focus on the main, the main point. So it's Acts chapter 6, I'm going to read the passage, and then we can just want to pick out something in the middle of that. So are you there? Good. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, so just to give you a bit of background, um, God, when Jesus, before he went, ascended back to heaven, he told his followers, wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. So they've been doing this, and then the Spirit came, filled them, and they all went out, and they preached the gospel on the streets, and then it says 3,000 came to know Jesus, and so very early on, um, the, the apostles of the 12, or the 11 disciples, plus another guy, um, were teaching and doing signs and wonders, and people coming to know God and everything. It was an incredible time, um, but lots of practical issues started to come up. A complaint by the Hellenists, they're the Greek-speaking Jews, arose against the Hebrews, the Hebrew-speaking Jews or Christians. They weren't called Christians at that time. but um, Because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution and the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Procurus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So the backdrop here, just to give you a brief, you have this very practical problem. There were many needy people and so they were having to give out food and things like that. And the 12 apostles who were responsible for teaching things like that we're finding this problem. We either spend time in prayer and preparing a ministry, the ministry of the word, or to teach the word, to receive the word, or we go serve tables. We go and help people. And so this is the, what was the problem. And their answer was, we're going to raise up some other leaders. Um, and so for us, is this word, is this line here in verse 4. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Because they said it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God. And what they're not saying is is that um, when you're a preacher, serving people is below you. 
They're not saying that. They're saying it's come to a point now where if we do more serving, we will neglect prayer and the ministry of the word. Okay? So everyone is involved in serving, no matter what role you take in church. But there are some things that need to take priority. And this is just what I want to share, really, just in just a brief time, I'm sure. But um, this devote ourselves to prayer and ministry of the word. All that was going on, all the people that were being saved, all the people that have been set free and coming into knowing Jesus and this new life, all this kind of thing, none of that would have happened if they neglected prayer and the ministry of the word. I say that generally, of course, because God can do whatever he wants to do. But God chose to work through a people who would pray and minister the word. And so I want us to think about this, and I want you to be willing as as a church to uh, be challenged this morning and ask yourself whether you're willing to change your lifestyle, to restructure your days and to devote yourself to prayer and ministry of the word. I want to explain what that is. See, there's a truth here. If you go back in Acts chapter 1, it says that they all met together. Uh, You don't have to turn to this. This is verse 15. Peter stood up among the brothers in the company of persons, all about 120. Uh, And they all came and they would meet to pray in the upper room. In chapter 2, as they were praying, the Holy Spirit came, filled them with the Spirit, and then they went out and they preached the gospel, and it says in, they, in, in chapter 2, at the end of chapter 2, it says uh, they, the apost- they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking bread, and the prayers, and then they went and were persecuted, and they came back in chapter 4, and when they came back from being persecuted, what did they do? They went to a prayer meeting, and they prayed, and God filled them afresh with the Holy Spirit. And then they had everything in common and many signs and wonders were being done. And then the apostles were arrested again. And, um, and this is straight to where we come to. So all along, the beginning of this church, the people would pray. Now, I know this isn't a new message. We all know this, and you probably can guess where I'm going in this message. But there's something fresh I think we need to understand. And I was thinking, is this like going back to basics? But the problem when you go back to basics, when you think about basics, they're like the dull, really kind of boring stuff that you have, like your pasta, you know, your tin tomatoes. They're the basics, but you don't get your really rich kind of stuff like whatever there is that's really rich. So I prefer the word the fundamentals. These are fundamental things. In other words, if we are not people that are devoted to prayer and the word, which we find through the, through the Bible, then we are neglecting everything else. Everything else in our lives will we'll not be as fruitful, not be as wonderful, our experience of God will not be as great as God intended it if we're not praying and if we're not spending time in the Word. So as clear as day, I say it's not a new message, but they said that they needed to devote themselves to prayer. It was David Platt, that's, uh, um, if you know David Platt, he, he said, um, there's the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the Gospel, and there is the Prayer Commission, it's almost, in his mind, it was every Christian, if you count yourself a Christian, is to pray. And what do we mean by prayer? And I want to explain that because that's often we create these things. Um, often what people do with prayer, they, they ask God for things when things go wrong. 
That's often some of the many ways. If you can't find a parking spot, I bet each of you have prayed. Uh, when you're late for a flight, if you're going away, I bet you've prayed. Um, if you're driving and, and one of your tires you're a little bit worried about, I bet you prayed. When you're, when you're near empty on your petrol, I bet you prayed. You know, it's all of these things. Like we pray, we ask God for things, and that's a wonderful part of prayer. But remember the context. There's this Jesus who wants to know us personally, richly, and really know us as more closely than any other. And prayer is the means by which we communicate and spend time with him in that one-on-one or as a group when we do it together as a church. But ultimately, it's coming before the throne of God and sitting at his feet, welcomed into his presence and being there with Jesus. That's what prayer is. It's like, why would we not devote ourselves to spending time with Jesus? Either we don't know Jesus or we'd have a bad idea of Jesus, but when you find out who Jesus is, it's a bit like many people know my wife. I like spending time with my wife, and so do a few others. If I didn't know her, then I probably would not really know. But once you get to know my wife, she's often quite busy. People text all the time. Um, I thought I didn't want to use myself in that illustration. But sometimes we don't pray because, one, we don't know what it is that we're expecting out of prayer. Sometimes we don't know really what it's for. Sometimes we don't really give it time because we give up too early because we feel like we're just wasting time. Or sometimes like we struggle because we're not getting what we're asking. It's results-driven prayer, as I call it. That's not prayer in the true sense of the word. And I know that, you know, what it is in the sense that you can ask God for all sorts of things, but if we're giving up on prayer because we're not getting what we want, then we haven't moved into the fullness of what it is. It's relationship. If I gave up on my wife because she didn't give me steak for dinner, then what kind of relationship is that? And so I want us to think about this, and I've said this before, so you'll have to forgive me, but maybe there's someone here who hasn't heard this illustration. Um, I want to talk about the useless tree. There was a carpenter and his apprentice, and I was walking through this large forest, and when they came across this tall, huge, kind of gnarled tree, and it was like the big um, branches were tumbling over like this, it looked really kind of like weird looking. Um, the carpenter, and it was, it was beautiful in its own way, And the carpenter asked his apprentice, do you know why this tree is so tall, so huge, so gnarled, so old and beautiful? And the apprentice looked at his master and said, no, why? Well, the carpenter said, because it is useless. If it had been useful, it would have been cut long ago and made into tables and chairs. But because it is useless, it could grow so tall and beautiful that you can sit in its shade and relax. And the illustration here is that prayer, when you think of it as time with God, and everything in you is like, what am I doing sitting here for half an hour or ten minutes or an hour, whatever it is, I just feel like I am wasting time. Yes. Waste time with God. Sit there, even if you feel like nothing's going to happen and, and all you're doing, literally, even if you sat there in silence, but you're there in faith saying, God, I'm here for you. And in this place of uselessness, 
that feels so useless. In it, God is loving us and ministering to us and working in us and opening up our hearts and helping us to be disciplined in our mind and just being with us. And always remember the story of Bartimaeus. You, you can look up. And he said, put, long short of it is, take me and put me where Jesus is going to walk. Put me in the way of Jesus. And when you pray, when you understand prayer as availability and time of God, you try it, 10 minutes, and you just sit. And you just sit there and say, Lord, I'm here for you. I'm not going to ask you for anything. I'm not going to even tell you anything. But I'm just going to, in my heart, believe that you're here with me and you want to spend time with me. I'm going to waste 10 minutes, half an hour, maybe an hour that I could use watching Netflix or on my phone getting sucked up into the time warp of TikTok where you realize you've done two hours of nothing. But you just decide, I'm going to sit and say, Lord, I'm here for you. That is the beginning of prayer. And if everyone in this room actually did that for 10 minutes every day, it would revolutionize this church. Because what we're doing is we're saying, I'm believing that as I come before God, it's not about me, it's all about him. I'm available to him. And in that time, you can have some time of quietness. And in that time, you could also say, do you know what? I'm going to take a verse and I'm just going to chew on it. You know, what about the verse that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes on him should not praise but have eternal life. I'm just going to let that sit in my mind and let it just roll around. I'm going to let it embed. I'm going to let the spirit of the word minister to me. That's the ministry of the word is, listen to this because I think this is good. I'm going to jump ahead quickly. The word ministers, ministers to us and through us. The word has ministered to me, and now I trust that the word through me this morning is going to minister to you by the Holy Spirit, yeah? If the word isn't ministering to us, how can the word minister through you? Anyway, I jumped ahead. So we're sitting in his presence. We're giving him time. Now, what's going to happen is your mind is going to go all over the place. You're going to remember everything that you forgot, and everything's going to come to you. Your mind's going to go crazy. Yes, of course it is, because it's a discipline. So we take a verse, and every time your mind goes, you come back to that verse. I've done, it, I've done this before with candles and all sorts of things. Just have a candle, and every time my mind, I just looked at the candle, I was just reminded, Jesus is the light of the world. You know, It's not worshipping, praying to candles or anything like that. It's just discipline in your mind. I had to discipline my body because I'm a fidget. Once I disciplined my body, I realized how busy my mind was. And then I had to discipline my mind. But anyone can sit. We could do it now for three minutes, just all sit in quietness, and there'll only be one voice in the room. It's probably Jasmine. But, or she might surprise us. But we could sit, couldn't we? And we could all do it in three minutes. We won't because I want to speak. <laughs> and then we start to hear from him. And we start to worship him. We start to be grateful. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you, Lord, that I'm like this one singing. Thank you, Lord, that I'm sitting in a house on a chair. I thank God for my family. I thank God for this church. I thank God that the, the day was looked lovely outside, even though it was grey. It was a new day. There's, everyone has every, lots of things to be thankful for. 
And then we can come, we can bring those things that are heavy on our hearts, say, Lord, I just bring it. Lord, the Lord uh, says, he knows what you need before you even ask it. I bring my children to you. Devote yourselves to prayer. Praying for others. Sometimes people have come to my mind. Repenting from sin. It's like where the Lord puts his finger and says, you've, you've got to deal with that. Lord, forgive me from sin. Sometimes it's good just to repent because of the things that we think sometimes, isn't it? Allowing God to have access to our hearts to change us. Lord, I'm going to sit like an empty vessel under a tap. Just turn on the tap and I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to be filled and washed by you. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to sit in your presence. And whether you feel his presence or not, doesn't mean God isn't there. And sometimes the Lord blesses us that we feel the presence of the Lord. And sometimes I fall asleep. And that's okay. It's the motivation of our hearts. If you keep falling asleep in prayer, you need to get more sleep. Yeah? Don't stop praying because you fall asleep. Go to bed earlier. It's a revolutionary word from the Lord there. But ultimately, devoted to prayer is being devoted to be available to him, nothing else. Lord, I'm here for you. In this five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, it's your time, Lord. I'm here for you. And that may lead to you crying out to the Lord, praying for people, people coming into your mind, even a word for someone. It's like, I, I remember being in this place and I had a picture. I was, I was just praying to and I had a picture. So I was, wrote that down and I messaged it to a friend of mine. What a lovely blessing, isn't it? Devoted to prayer. And then he says, to the ministry of the word. You know, it's regular time with the Bible. Faith-driven, not intellect-driven. In other words, believing that as we read, as Daniel read out the psalm, or as Joe read out um, a passage from Romans, there was a ministry of the word into our hearts if you were open. Like you look at that, and I remember as a young man reading Romans and not getting it at all, and I, and I think I had the authorised version at the time, which is probably part of it, but I could, I could read it, and I read it, and I'd read it, and then one day... I got it. It was like the Lord opened my heart, my eyes, to understand it. But all through that time, until I understood it, to believe that nothing happened in my life because of it is wrong. The Word of God is spiritual, powerful, effective, isn't it? We need, that's Hebrews. So we sit, we take a verse, and we read it. And, even, and this, here's the thing, might be, again, um, if you get stuck doing Bible readings, and all you're doing is catching up. Stop doing Bible readings. What, I mean, like through the year. I don't mean Bible readings. I mean, like, you know, like what you do, like a free month or three years. And all you're doing is catching up, ticking the boxes on your, on your new version. Stop it. Just take some Psalms. Why don't you just go through the Psalms and just meditate? That means to, to run it through your mind, into your heart, absorb, if you like the spirit of the words into your heart, believing that God is ministering the word to you. And I tell you what, when that happens, you will find that you will be ministering the word to others. Take time on it. Don't rush. Spend ages in five lines or something, five verses or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not about having to understand the whole thing. Now, sometimes 
You might study a passage. That's different. But if you're just daily being in the Word, devote yourself to spending time. I'm going to read a few verses every week. And I'm just going to spend time in it. I'm going to chew on it. I'm gonna, and if there's anything that provokes you, because so sometimes for me, because this is what happens to me, this is happens to everyone, I, I want to go deeper. So I'll get out Google and then I go study it. But just for the sake of time with God, devote yourself to that. Let the word minister to you. And so it's faith-driven. We're believing the Holy Spirit is going to minister to us. Our mind is still transformed by the Spirit, not by our ability to understand it. Understanding comes by revelation. You know, spend time slowly reading it. Have you ever tried reading out loud to yourself? That can be very... Because it, it not only does it, is it in your mind, it's going in your ears. Make notes, underline it, whatever. Write in your Bibles. If you don't want to make a messy Bible, get another Bible from a second-hand bookshop and write in it, underline it, scribble on it, you know. Pray through it. Bible-led prayer or word-led prayer is very powerful because we're, we're praying through the promises of God. Spurgeon said, Meditation puts the telescope to the eye and enables us to see Jesus after a better sort than we could have seen him if we had lived in the days of his flesh. Now that's quite incredible. It's like, okay, we could have been, can you imagine being there with Jesus and seeing him, walking with him? But he's saying, actually meditating on the word, you would see more of Jesus in that than if you spent a time when you saw him at the shops. Meditate on the word. Tozer, if you know uh, Tozer, some of these great greats of the faith. Let the old saints be our example. They came to the word of God and meditated. They laid the Bible on the old-fashioned handmade chair, got down on the old scrub board floor and meditated on the word. And, and this is, these are the words that really struck me. As they waited, that is, as they meditated on the word, faith mounted the spirit and faith illuminated. Imagine just by you spending time thinking on a verse, your faith is just growing, increasing, just by spending time in the Word. They had only a Bible with fine print, narrow margins and poor paper, but they knew their Bible better than some of us do with all our helps. Let the practice Let's practice the art of Bible meditation. Let's open our Bibles, spread them out on a chair, meditate on the Word of God. It will open itself to us, and the Spirit of God will come and brood over it. Um, I do challenge you to meditate quietly, reverentially, prayerfully for a month. Put away questions and answers, and the filling in of the blank lines in the portions you haven't been able to understand. Put all the cheap trash away and take the Bible, get on your knees, and info say, Father, here I am, begin to teach me. That was his challenge. And so here's the thing, devoted to the, for these guys here, in all that they had seen, in all the wonders that God had done, they came back to two fundamental things. We must be devoted to prayer and the ministry of the word. And that's for all of us. And the question is, and this is the challenge, in what way do you and I, as I've been considering this and thinking about this, need to structure my life around that devotion. Because that's the reality of it. You can hear this and go, yeah, this is great, John, amen. I see it's in the Bible, this is good. And you can go back and you can just carry on. And maybe you've already got this sorted and I'm just catching up, I don't know. But 
Um, maybe for many of us, we've got to go home and we need to say, when am I going to do that? How am I going to devote myself? What does that mean? What, what each day or every other day, how much time or whatever it may be for you, where you can answer that question, are you devoted to the prayer and ministry? Do you know what the early, what the early church said when the, when the elders said this, when the apostles said this? They said, uh, verse 5, yeah, and what they said pleased the whole gathering. What they said pleased the whole gathering. If I was to say to you that I feel an incredible responsibility to do less practical work and more prayer and ministry of the word, would it please the whole gathering? If I was to say that that seems to be, and I've got to think about that, I've got to weigh up whether I go to the gym or whether I sit in a chair and just spend time with the Lord. And it's very easy, I mean, it's very easy to not go to the gym. But it occurred to me, I'm going to the gym religiously three times a week for an hour, Am I devoted to the gym or am I devoted to the prayer and ministry of the word? How much time do we, you know, you've heard it all. How many times do you watch Netflix, Disney, all the other kind of things? Reading your books or I don't know. But this is, your, this is your, what you've got to think about before the Lord. Because I think, and this is where it says, and the word, in verse 7, and the word of God continued to increase. It's interesting, it said, at the beginning it says, the disciples were increasing in number. And at the end it says, and the word of God continued to increase. Now I find that quite interesting. Is that there were many disciples coming in, 3,000 very early on, all these new believers all needing to be ministered to and understand the gospel. They didn't have the New Testament. And so the apostles were gaining revelation, preaching, teaching, Paul travelling around, and uh, this was later on as we know, um, actually doing Bible colleges and one week he hired a hall and he did teaching and teaching and brought the word of God and throughout those the letters formulated and we had the New Testament but right then they didn't these are in those early days and what happened when they devoted themselves to prayer and ministry of the word it wasn't just that the disciples increased the word of God increased and I'm taking that to mean the word of God was being the ministry of the word of God was increasing that means that the people were bringing the word of God. The leaders like Stephen and others were bringing the word of God. And there were many others, I believe. I don't think they just had six amongst the 5,000 Christians. And then we, we see Stephen, he gets martyred. Philip's off doing prophetic um, ministry over there in Samaria. So other leaders are coming up. And they're sharing the word of God because they are devoted, I believe, and you can take that or leave it, to prayer ministry of the word. So what about you? No matter how old you are, you young people. If you're serious, you don't have to just turn 18, ain't Mary? If you're serious about really following the Lord, we either take the Bible at its word or we don't. But you've got to come to this, haven't you? But I, I can just tell you what I feel God is calling me to do, almost come back to his fundamental things, because I really believe that what God is going to do in this church will not come out the fact that our cafe sells the best coffee in Elton, of which it does. It will come out of the fact that we are praying and that we are having our hearts and minds in the ministry of the word. Amen? So I just, I'm not going to do a response, um, but I'm going, to, I'm going to leave it there because um, if the worship team want to come back, have you got songs?
because let's just spend some time in the presence of the Lord, just a bit longer. And, um, and you ask the Lord. You say, Lord, is this, is this right? Is this for me? And then, Lord, show me what you want me to do. And can I say this? Because um, I was going to say so, and I just remembered, but why are you getting ready? The devotion to prayer ministry of the word, brace for this, is more important than your devotion to your family. Can I tell you why? The best thing you can do for your family is to spend time with Jesus. I don't mean that because you're spending time with Jesus, you ignore your family, but you're making sure you're coming to the Lord. You're being ministered by the word. It would transform our homes. Wouldn't it? Amen. Oh, shall I pray? You want to pray? I think just one thing to add on that is, as God, as we spend that time in worship, and you ask God, what's my response? Then share that with someone. Because often we can get these convictions, we go away, and it's going to be hard. Because, you know, if you're used to getting up at a certain time and you get up earlier, you know, it's hard because you fight the bed sheets, you fight the cold when it comes. And so sometimes it's good just to share that conviction with somebody else that they can support you in that as well. So let's pray. Should we stand as we respond to the Lord? Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are life. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that you're not just an idea and a, a philosophy, but you are a person, and you are personable, and you invite us to yourself, into relationship. And Lord, may we really grasp this as a church. Lord, because it's a key, it's a key to everything you have for us. Lord, and so I pray, Lord, that as we just come to you now, Lord, you would lead us. Holy Spirit, come and reveal your, your plans for us, the things that we might need to lay down in order that we might take up, Lord, what you have for us. Come and be the Lord of our lives. Amen.